They just think that like Jesus is like another religious avatar, like Buddha or Krishna or Muhammad. But that's not who Jesus is. Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Happy Easter, church. He is risen. Praise God. It's good to be here with you on this Easter Sunday. Christ is risen from the dead. The tomb is empty. Amen. Um, You know, I'm so glad that you're here, but I'm even more glad that the presence of God is here. Amen. Jesus, just be at the center of everything that we are, everything that we have, everything we do. Let's give our choir and Pastor Russell a big thank you hand clap. We're going to hear more from them uh, a little bit later. But um, you guys did a great job of just kind of telling us the the story of Jesus. And so we're going to pick up kind of where they left off. If you'll turn in your Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 20. And the question that we're asking ourselves today is, is he worthy? Can you say that with me? Say, is he worthy? Is Jesus worthy of all the fanfare? Is he worthy to call Lord? Is he worthy to surrender my life to? Is he worthy for me to live a life of obedience to him every day of my life? Is he worthy to follow? Is he worthy? Let's stand together like we often do to honor God's word. And we're going to start in John chapter 20, verse 1. And I'm going to read it to you this morning. And I want you to listen to John's perspective of what happened on that morning of the resurrection. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, we're going to stop right there, and there's some other things that are happening there. Uh, She goes back to the disciples, and there's some uh, conversation with Peter and John, and they have a foot race to the tomb, and John wins. Uh, Of course he wins. This is his account of the story. So, um, but we're going to skip now down to verse 11 and stay here with Mary. And uh, in verse 11, it says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And as she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet, they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And then she turned to him and in Aramaic, she said, Rabboni, which means teacher. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending your one and only son, Jesus, to this earth. That, Jesus, you were born not of the seed of man, but of the seed of heaven. 
and you lived a sinless life and you worked miracles and you weren't just another great prophet. You're the son of God. And you died on that cross, a, a selfless death, and you paid a price we could never pay. And God, I thank you that you rose from the dead, that you are a risen Lord, that you are a living Lord. I pray that as we hear your word this morning, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. In the name of Jesus, amen. You can be seated in these most comfortable chairs. (laughs) Yeah, thanks be to God, Pastor Russell says. You know, um, I do want to thank everybody who came out this week to kind of... just kind of kick it on in the driveway this week. The last, the last few things we were trying to get done before Easter. Uh, Charity and Sarah did a, such a great job a few weeks ago of, of putting a new fresh coat of paint on the walls. And, you know, uh, we've got a few other guys, you know, Aaron Dudley and Scott Asher, Noble Swilly help uh, get our, our new screens up and running and going and, uh, and, some, and some lighting. And then so many people. So many people came out to help assemble the new chairs and set them up, and, and I just want to, aren't they comfortable? So I'm going to preach for about two hours today. No. Some of you are like, yeah, they're so comfortable, I'm going to sleep. Some of you that have been here for years are like, well, these aren't like the ones at the AMC theater where they rock. Like, there's no cup holder also. So anyway. And also, I just want to thank all of you for your faithfulness and your giving that made the purchase of the chairs possible, too. You know, it certainly is a first world luxury, right? Uh, but it, it's, it's wonderful to have, so praise God. So back to the word of God. One of the curious things about this story um, with Mary and Jesus is that she sees Jesus, but she doesn't recognize him at first. And she spent a lot of time with Jesus. It wasn't like they just met like the day before. She'd spent tons of times with him. It started all the way back some time ago, some years ago, when Jesus had exercised demons out of Mary. And then she began to follow Jesus' ministry and became one of his disciples. Not one of the 12, one of the the greater group of disciples. And she began to financially support and back Jesus' ministry as well. And she'd even made some ministry journeys with the disciples and traveled with them. She was there when Jesus was crucified. She was there when Jesus was buried. But now on this resurrection day, she sees Jesus, but she doesn't recognize who he is at first. And I think that's pretty telling to us today because there's a lot of people, I think, in our world today who have spent a lot of time around Jesus, but they don't recognize him for who he is. Maybe they go to church. Maybe they've been around Christianity for years and years. Maybe all their life, and it's all very familiar to them. Jesus is familiar to them. But when you ask them who Jesus is, they have a case of mistaken identity. Like Mary Magdalene, they see Jesus, but they don't really get who he really is. Just last week, Jamie was in Costco, and she bumped into somebody that we knew from some years ago, and immediately that person responded with like, oh, hi, it's great to see you. How are you doing? And then, very friendly, and then Jamie said that, that the look on this person's face went from very friendly to shifting to morphing to kind of confused. 
like almost they had responded without really realizing who it was. And it was almost like they, they got beach ball face. You know what that is? Otherwise known as the spinning wheel of death. You know, it's like the, the, that's the, where your mouse icon or cursor just turns into the little beach ball because the RAM on your computer is so full and it's processing. And that's what that person's face looked like. Like, very friendly at first, but then all of a sudden, like, there's all this processing happening. Like, wait a second. Uh, it's not who I thought. And my brain, where, who is this? And you know what? That's, it was all right. It was okay. It's not a big deal. But the thing is, is if we don't get who Jesus is, that is a big deal because it has eternal implications. It's okay if it happens in Costco, but it's not okay if we don't really know who Jesus is. The thing about Mary's situation is that it just took one word from Jesus, Mary, and then she realized, this is Jesus. I recognize him. And my prayer today is that on this Resurrection Sunday is that we see Jesus resurrected from the dead and that we hear him calling our name and that we recognize Jesus for who he is and that we will see that he is worthy. Today, people believe a lot of things about Jesus. If you ask the average person on the street, well, who is Jesus? You're going to hear all kinds of different answers. Some people are going to say, well, well, Jesus was a good man. You know, he taught good things. He, you know, was a good, like, moral teacher. And yeah, Jesus did teach good things. He was a good man. But he was so much more than that. So much more. Some people say, well, you know, Jesus was an enlightened man. And he was showing us a pathway toward enlightenment. And that, you know, and how we can find our own divinity and that we ourselves are gods and that we're to be one with the universe. And Jesus found that pathway and, and he showed us that. They just think that like Jesus is like an, another religious avatar like Buddha or Krishna or Muhammad. But that's not who Jesus is. Not at all. Jesus is not Yoda showing you how to get one with the force. There's some people who say, well, Jesus was a Jewish prophet, you know, just like Jeremiah and Isaiah and Hosea and Micah and Nahum and even John the Baptist who called the Jews back to devotion to Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yes, Jesus did, he operated as a prophet, but he was so much more than that even. Some will tell you, Jesus was a like, he was the original, like, social justice warrior. And he wore Birkenstocks and lived in a van down by the Sea of Galilee. And, you know, and he came to overthrow power structures, and they killed him for it. Yes, Jesus ministered to the broken. Yes, he cared for, you know, the, the oppressed. He fed the hungry, but he wasn't a modern-day social justice warrior. He was infinitely more than that. Maybe you've seen the viral video going around recently of this young man who, on TikTok, um, I think he's even like a, a Bible college graduate. I don't know what Bible college he's gone to, but uh, he was explaining how J Jesus is a, is a race, was a racist bigot who was confronted with his own, um, his own prejudices, and he had to repent 
and that we need to follow his example. Well, I do agree that we need to follow Jesus' his example, but it wasn't because Jesus had anything to repent of. I mean, can I just tell you that the only reason that there is diversity, the only, thing, the only reason that there is equality is because of Jesus. And he wasn't a racist bigot, and he had nothing to apologize or repent of. He was the pure and perfect, spotless lamb who came to take away the sins of the world. And if he had anything to repent of, that would have disqualified him of being the pure and spotless lamb. So this guy's theology really needs to get worked over. He's so much more than all of these answers. C.S. Lewis, one of the most brilliant minds of the 20th century. Oxford professor. He, he, in his book, Mere Christianity, he wrote about not a dilemma, but a trilemma. This is what he called it. And he says that no one can make the claims that Jesus made and just be a good man. Either Jesus was a liar, a lunatic, or he is Lord. If Jesus claimed that he was divine and he knew that he wasn't, then he's a liar, which causes a tremendous amount of problems and tension with all the other things that he did and said. But maybe Jesus wasn't lying. Maybe he just had a few screws loose and he's claiming divinity, but he, he's not lying, but he's a lunatic. Well, that also causes a tremendous amount of problems and tension with the things that he did and said. But what if you've got Jesus who claims his divinity, he, he says he's the son of God, he came to save the world, and he had some kind of supernatural validation to back up what he said, that he is Lord. So what would that supernatural validation be? Jesus would have to do something that no other religious icon has ever done before him or since him. It's something that totally transcends the laws of nature, transcends logic, transcends rationale. What was the supernatural validation? We all know. He died on the cross, but three days later, he rose from the dead. And he appeared to Mary Magdalene. And he appeared to the disciples. And at one time, he appeared to 500 men all in the same time. They weren't hallucinating. They didn't drink some weird Kool-Aid. Everybody saw it. And the Apostle Paul even wrote about this in 1 Corinthians. And at the time that he wrote about this, those 500 people would have still been alive and they could have discredited what Paul had said, but they didn't. Why? Because they saw Jesus themselves. And many, many, many people laid their eyes on Jesus themselves for 40 days after the resurrection. Many people entertain the idea that Christianity, just like any other religion, it's just simply a set of, of beliefs. It's a set of doctrines, a code of behavior. It's a philosophy. It's an ideology. But that's a myth. That's not what Christianity is. The, the, the founders of the world's religions say this. They say, here's what I teach. Believe my teachings. Follow my philosophy. But Jesus says, come and follow me. The leaders of the world's religion say, uh, what do you think about what do I teach? But Jesus says, who do you say that I am? What a question. 
who do you say that I am? So the, so the question is, who is Jesus? The answer to this question is validated by those eyewitnesses of his resurrection that have sustained and strengthened the church and his followers for the last 2,000 years. The answer to this question is so important because it also answers the question we started with, and that is, is he worthy? We find out who Jesus is. We find out if he's worthy. So who is Jesus? Jesus is more than just a good man. He was the son of God. He was the son of God. The Bible describes that God left heaven. He left the riches and the honor and the glory of heaven to put on humanity so that he could save us from our sins. No one, no one has the ability by themselves to find the pathway to get themselves out of the pit of sin, to get them out out from underneath the judgment, out of the the, the deserving death and the condemnation to hell. Even with our best attempts, no one can do it. Our human nature is so broken, it's so flawed, and it's passed down from generation to generation to our children. We're born with a virus of sin. Even my sweet little Susie, yes, even your sweet little Susie, even little Johnny, especially little Johnny. We're born with a virus of sin, and it contaminates us, and it corrupts each one of us. From the inside out, we are totally broken without any ability to fix ourselves. God could have just left us, but he didn't. What did Jesus say to the religious leader Nicodemus in John chapter 3? He said, God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. Jesus is more than just an influencer. He's our savior. Jesus is more than just a moral example or a good man. Jesus is the son of God who came to save us. Amen? Who is Jesus? He's more than just one way among many. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus didn't just say, well, I know a way. No, he said, I am the way. I am. Well, I I know a truth. No, he is the truth. I I know a life. No, I am life. You you can go to Barnes & Noble. You can get on Amazon. You can see shelves and shelves and shelves and and scroll for pages and pages and pages on self-help and self-development and different religions of the world. And they're all going to tell you this story. They're all going to say, well, this is how to fix your life. This is the way to find happiness. This is the way to find peace. This is the way to enlightenment. But none of them can say, I am the way. A couple of different times in the book of Proverbs, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. How do we know 
that we can follow the Jesus way because we can look at the account of the resurrection and we can see where it leads. If we follow Jesus all the way, we'll walk in his truth. And this is a day and age that we live in where people want to walk in their own truth, right? Well, this is my truth. Well, I'm sorry, but there's only one truth that matters. And if you walk in that truth, then you'll find life, the kind of life that Jesus has, the kind of life that's eternal. Jesus is, uh, he healed the sick. He set the captives free. He forgave sinners. He gave recovery of sight to the blind. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And I'm gonna tell you, whatever that you're facing today, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is more than a life improvement coach. He's more than just some guy here to tell you how to live your best life now. Jesus is a deliverer, he's a healer, and he's a redeemer. He's done for us what we could never do for ourselves. Jesus is more than just one way among many. Jesus is the only way. The only way. Who is Jesus? Jesus is more than a historical figure. Jesus is the soon coming king and righteous judge of all the earth. Jesus predicted that he would rise from the dead on multiple occasions. And then in the book of Acts chapter 1, He's spending these very last moments with the disciples before he ascends to heaven. He's already been resurrected from the dead. He's been hanging out here on earth for 40 days. And then he gives some instruction to the disciples and he tells them, hey, the Holy Spirit's gonna come. And when he comes upon you, you're gonna receive power to be my witnesses wherever you are in the world. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then he says this, and then he ascends into heaven and the disciples are standing there with their jaws dropped to the ground, and then these two angels show up. And the angel said, in, in Acts 1, they said, the angel said, in the same way that you saw him going, that's how he's going to return. He's coming back. In John chapter 5, Jesus said that when I come back, I'm bringing the saints with me, and I'm coming to judge the nations. Guess what? You don't get to skip that day. It's not like the going to the gym and skipping leg day. You, you don't get to skip judgment day. You don't get to skip school. You don't get to skip that day. And, and when, when you stand before Jesus one day, the righteous king and judge, what are you going to say? Well, Jesus, I, uh, here I am. I hope all of my good outweighed my bad. Listen, I've had a lot of conversations with people who that's their belief system. They think and believe that if they can just be a good enough person, they'll get to where they want to go in the afterlife. But I'm sorry to tell you, that's not going to cut it. Because we serve an absolute perfect holy God. And there's no amount of good that we can do to match his holiness, to be in his presence. But that's why we have Jesus. On the day 
the only thing that matters is that you've already bowed your knee and said, Jesus is Lord. I submit to you. I repent of my sins. Forgive me. And God's amazing grace has saved you. On that day, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you don't have to approach his throne with trepidation. You can approach him with confidence because you know that you belong to him. You can know that your sins have been forgiven and you can know that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus is more than a prophet. He's more than a religious avatar. He's more than a social justice warrior. He's more than an example. He's more than a self-help guru or a life coach. He indeed is the son of God. He is the only way. He is the king. He is judge. He is worthy. Amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.